Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. I'm Tracy Chernoff, and I've spent my entire professional career in HR. Each week, we'll explore the delicate balance between people and business with the aim to reconnect the two and create meaningful outcomes. Listen in as I share my own experiences, challenge the status quo, and chat with guests from various industries about our mission to bring the human back to human resources. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here for another week. You already know what to do. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast or watching it if you are on Spotify or YouTube. Um, It has been a hot minute since I have come on here in a solo episode to speak with you directly. And I'm going to be really honest about why. Um, I have been so exhausted and so... I don't want to go so far as to say burnt out, but let's just use the term burnt out. Um, I am all good. Like work is good. The podcast is great. I'm great. Stuff at home is great, but it's a lot. And, you know, going for three years podcasting every single week and only ever taking a break for the first time last December for that like little winter break, which I'm definitely going to do again it's a lot. Um, you know, I, I think I've shared before that podcasting takes a ton of time and ton of energy and I literally would never trade it for the world because I love what I do. I love podcasting and I love that you all get value out of each episode. Um, and that you've been here for the journey, whether you're, you, you're new here or you've been here for three years. Um, but it's definitely a lot. So I've been thinking a little bit about how I can give back to myself, give myself some time back, Um, so that I can, you know, find the energy and the creativity and the motivation, because that's really, that's honestly the hardest thing. And this is not what the episode's going to be about. You'll see in the title, we're going to be talking about AI and jobs and job replacement and things like that. But I still think it's important to note that there is a reason why there have been so many guest episodes. And it's because sitting down to record by myself felt like such a heavy lift. And I don't know why it's never felt like a heavy lift because I really love, like even now as I'm sitting here, I'm actually so excited that I'm finally sitting down doing a solo episode, but really candidly it's, yeah, it's just a lot. So I'm thinking a little bit about taking a little summer break, um, and maybe just either having replay episodes of past or old episodes, to kind of bring back up, especially if you haven't um, listened to them, because not everyone's been here since the beginning, and that's okay. Um, Or just simply not having episodes for a few weeks. So we'll see. I say this now, (laughs) but that might not actually happen. So anyway, I am really glad, honestly, to, I shouldn't say honestly, because I'm always honest, but candidly, I am really glad to finally be sitting down and doing a solo episode, because there have been so many really interesting news articles that have come out in the recent weeks about how HR is transforming thanks to or in no thanks to AI. I think it is in thanks to AI, but I I think at the same time, there are some considerations to keep in mind. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that today. So before I move on, I just uh, appreciate you letting me have a safe space in my own space here. Um, to, you know, have a moment to be a little vulnerable with all of you and to share a little bit about why I've been what feels like MIA, especially if you follow me on Instagram or you're subscribed to my newsletter. I've been a little radio silent. And that is just honestly because I, or again, not honestly, because I'm always honest, but candidly, because 
I just haven't found the energy to put in that effort. Um, so I've kind of just been coasting on the things that really give me joy, which is like producing these episodes, making sure that you're getting an episode every week. Um, and also if you've messaged me on LinkedIn, ooh, I got to get to those. Like that's another place where I've totally neglected replies. Like I've, I, I've got to get it together, you know? So anyway, that's what's been going on with me. Um, we are, it's, it's already May. By the time this episode comes out, it's going to be the second week of May. And I'm going to be moving back home to New York very soon, in like a month and a half. And I really can't wait. As nice as Cleveland was to us and Ohio has been in terms of our first Midwest experience, I'm ready to go back because it's so different. And I miss what I'm used to. I miss my family and my friends. And maybe that's part of this feeling of burnout. I've been trying to do a lot of self-reflection, like, you know, I'm still exercising. I'm still eating well. I'm still going outside. I'm still taking breaks and, you know, having time on the weekends for myself and my husband. And so all of the things that prevent burnout I've been doing, of course, otherwise I would be a hypocrite. However, I do think that something contributes, you know, something about this, like not being with my people, like my family and my closest friends probably contributes to that. Like it's, you know, I never really thought about preventing burnout as being uh, kind of connected to or tied to your time with your loved ones, but actually I can totally see the relevance now. So yeah, I think maybe come July, like when I'm officially back because we're moving back between like June and July. I don't really know when yet, but around then, um, maybe once I'm back, I'll feel like totally revitalized. And I'm looking forward to that because I'm like, who is this person? Where's the creativity and the motivation? I need her back because I have episodes I've got to publish and episodes I have to record. So anyway, again, thanks for allowing me the space and time these last five minutes to talk to you about what's been going on. So I'm going to, um, you know, quickly shift into the topic for today's or this week's episode, which is all about how AI has potentially or has definitely changed the landscape for hiring, for careers, for HR. I mean, in general, we've talked about this topic, you know, kind of sprinkled around with guest episodes. And there actually is a guest episode coming up in July that's going to really kind of dive into this a little bit more. Um, but I kind of wanted to speak frankly from an HR perspective about AI. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of ChatGPT, as you guys know, if you listen to my ChatGPT episode from a few months back. I mean, I, it's hugely impactful on my ability to um, think beyond my own thoughts and like help have some support in the creativity, especially, or thinking through how to word something maybe a little bit more um, simply or succinctly. And so it's been really great for that. But what's interesting is that companies are, you know, kind of equal parts excited and equal parts totally petrified, if we can be frank about this. There are definitely um, thoughts out there about AI having security issues. And when I say AI, I'm talking about generative AI, where you have like this chat function or, you know, um, more specifically like the, where the AI is actually like generating thoughts, ideas. Obviously it's not sentient, but you hopefully understand what I'm saying. It's not just like this 
technology that can generate something, but it kind of is, but like really when I talk about AI in this way on this episode, I'm thinking specifically through like dialogue-based AI, generative AI that is helping to create or can potentially replace someone's need for creating themselves. So this article from Bloomberg says, IBM says it expects to pause hiring for roles as around 7,800 jobs could be replaced by artificial intelligence in the coming years. Uh, The CEO told Bloomberg this recently and that hiring specifically in back office functions, including HR, I don't like to be referred to as a back office function. If we're doing a good job, we're actually like front of office, like we should be you know, really like in the weeds with people. Anyway, I won't nitpick this. (laughs) So hiring specifically in back office functions, including human resources, will be suspended or slowed. And the CEO said that adding adding that 30% of non-customer facing roles could be replaced by AI and automations in five years. Tasks such as providing employment verification letters or moving employees between departments will likely be fully automated. Some HR functions, such as evaluating workforce composition and productivity, probably won't be replaced over the next decade, the CEO added. So let's break this down. Employment verification letters, admin stuff like that, I don't think anyone's going to complain about not having to do that manually. However, there might be people who are doing that solely as a job. It sounds like IBM might have some very admin heavy roles because to replace, to be able to replace a a job with AI to do things like that, it sounds like already there was probably some opportunity to elevate the HR functions at the admin level. Um, But definitely, I mean, HR admins, I think, should be thinking through this. How do HR admins make their roles more than just something a computer can do how do it's the same thing that like when computers kind of first hit the scene and secretaries or um you know administrators who were doing everything by hand um you know they had to adapt and use computers and then eventually computers started doing what potentially they were able to do and so all of this is to say that you know for those in an administrative role an hr assistant hr admin there's going to be a real importance to figure out how to not only adapt, but really make your role non-negotiable. And sometimes in those roles, it might be hard because you it is very manual. It is very much like data entry and things like that. If AI can eventually take that over, then those roles will be compromised most likely. However, I could also see a world where companies don't want to replace those people with AI because of security concerns, because of the type of data, whether it's like confidential information or confidential, um, you know, uh, topics that they are kind of confronted with that AI could potentially pose a risk for. Um, because this is another thing we've, I've heard from a lot of um, different news sources. I'll, I'll try to find some to link in the show notes that there are companies who are starting to put in place AI policies because there are security concerns, especially for companies that are managing, you know, assets, whether it's like financial companies or companies that are, or organizations that work with the government. I mean, there are definitely legitimate security concerns there. I could also see in 
like a medical office or, you know, a hospital, there could be HIPAA concerns or, again, security concerns if the AI is being used without, you know, parameters, without controls that are kind of coming from the top down. Because if everyone is kind of individualized in their use of AI, I could see where there could be some security risks. So, you know, I, I'm never one to fully say, like, jobs can be replaced by computers or AI or technology and things like that. I think there is a very specific intersection for harmonious relationships there where people and technology can come together at that intersection and really thrive. And so when I think of like a, an HR role, even specifically an HR admin role, yes, I think there are things that could be streamlined, that could be automated, that could be AI driven, but there are also things that can't be. And when I think about, you know, kind of what they said at the end of that article there, or that blurb that I read, which was around like composition, productivity, um, we can even think about compensation, benefits, things like that. Those more like technical and um, specialized sides of HR, I can't imagine AI being able to fully and functionally and effectively kind of take that on just because of the nuance without having human interaction. It's not to say that it can't exist, but I think it can't exist without a human um, helping navigate the nuance and the anecdotal pieces that come together to make that specialized approach tangible and realistic. If your company is remote or hybrid, then you know just how difficult it can be to grow your company's culture beyond a pre-scheduled Zoom happy hour or occasional lunch and learn. Well, this week's sponsor is here to solve that. They're called CultureBot. CultureBot has devised what will likely become the gold standard for growing and blossoming a company culture inside of Slack. The app is like a sidekick for any HR or people professional, automating a lot of the mundane tasks you probably are forgetting to do on a daily basis. Things like birthday and work anniversary celebrations, team shout outs and kudos, employee introductions, and remote games. It even has health and wellness tips and conversation starters. If that piques your interest, this will get you even more excited. Today, I'm able to share a special promotion for listeners of the podcast. You can get your first six months of CultureBot for 50% off. Plus, if your team is under 25 employees, CultureBot is free forever. So if you're looking for a way to create a culture of appreciation and drive increased engagement and togetherness across your team, I definitely recommend checking out CultureBot. Go to getculturebot.com slash humanhr. That's getculturebot.com slash humanhr to get the offer. Plus, I've added the link in the show notes so you can just click right there. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So coming back to the HR admin side of things, you know, I could foresee a time and place where maybe there are fewer HR admins or where HR generalists maybe are not um, hiring HR admins and instead they are doing the typical administrative work that you normally would find in an HR role because everyone in their HR roles will have administrative work. Um, but that AI will then help to kind of supplement that work. Like if, if I could have a way to have a system help me verify employment verification um, or complete employment verification, I should say, then I would do that. But actually there are companies that provide those services. So then the question is, well, do those companies become archaic if generative AI tools and technologies can actually do this for companies in-house. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like there, there's a company called The Work Number, for example, that specifically does employment verification for people who are 
taking loans or, you know, buying a house or what have you. Um, and basically they, they just kind of manage that whole process for HR teams for those that use it at least. And, you know, does that mean that the work number then doesn't have, you know, a population to service because all of those companies then eventually are using AI or does the work number say, Hey, you don't have to worry about the security for, um, AI because we're just going to internalize that. You can still use us. So it'll be interesting, I think, to see over the next few years how companies that are already providing these services, how they adapt and acclimate. I mean, I think a, a perfect example of what happens when this, when a company doesn't adapt is block, uh, Blockbuster. Oh my gosh, yes, Blockbuster. I did an episode on that a number of months, maybe over like, maybe already two years ago. Um, but Bed Bath & Beyond is what I meant. My husband and I were just talking about Bed Bath & Beyond and he was like, did you know that Bed Bath & Beyond is going out of business? I'm like, yeah, where have you been? I'm like, this is this is the latest news. Um, and I said, like, this is the blockbuster Sears effect. When the whole world is changing around you and you don't change with it or you don't adapt with it because you think you're a namesake brand and people will always come in store and they'll always use your coupons and they'll always support you just because you're Bed Bath & Beyond, you're wrong. That's not how business works. That's not how the world works, especially not in the United States. And so we've seen from Blockbuster and Sears and Bed Bath & Beyond that those who don't adapt eventually fade away. And so, you know, I think that same concept, that same theory, that same nuance um, applies to AI. Companies are going to have to get on board with advanced technology because there are going to be people who are more and more interested in using AI or who have AI options to make their lives easier because, of course, technology helps humans do more important things, right? Because the technology, if it can do the administrative uh, things that often present a burden, especially to HR teams, then naturally, you know, someone's going to want that option. If there isn't an HR admin, for example, to do that work, they're going to say, okay, well, can I use AI to be able to do this heavy lifting? Otherwise, like I'm out, I'm going to find a job that allows me to use AI or uses this technology. Like the same kind of idea applies with the remote versus hybrid versus in office work structure. If people want to work remotely and there's a company that's not willing to allow them to work remotely, they're not going to be a candidate anymore. So, and then if, if someone wants to work in person and there's no office or no uh, budget available for them to be able to go to a WeWork or another co-working space, they're not going to be a candidate anymore. So, you know, the world has evolved so much, even just in the last six months, let alone a year, let alone five years, where now it's not just like the person calling the shots or the employee calling the shots. It's also now the technology driving forward how businesses are structured. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Like I, I'm not at a point today to make a, an estimate or a prediction on like what is going to happen to these jobs. But I do think regardless of whether AI is here or not, I think it's always important for people to make their, make sure that their jobs are uh, relevant, that they're, they're doing work that goes beyond the scope of potentially what's needed and I say that because, you know, the more competitive you are with yourself in the sense that you are always, you know, kind of looking to 
adopt and adapt to newness or new strategies or new technology or whatever, then you are in, in and of itself kind of adapting the business, right? So if we think about this um, blockbuster effect as individuals and I, as an HR professional, don't adapt my ways or find ways to streamline my work or to improve processes or to make things more efficient, efficient and effective, then I will eventually not be as relevant or um, necessary as I once was. And I would eventually meet the blockbuster effect in a way that would then potentially make me more easily replaceable. And it's not, you know, I, I say this like really generally because it's not to say that if you don't go above and beyond that you're easily replaceable. That's not what I'm saying. But instead, it's like, how are you adopting change? How are you adapting to change? How are you challenging the status quo? How are you challenging what, you know, um, processes are already in place to make things better? Because we can do the same thing that AI is doing in that we can further streamline, we can further um, make things more efficient. And if we don't do that, and I'm sure we can all think of someone on our teams, in our uh, departments, or throughout our careers, who just always did exactly what was asked of them and never challenged what existed or never pushed the envelope or never tried to find new solutions, those people are going to eventually phase themselves out um, just because it's not how businesses grow. Businesses grow when everyone else works to grow the business. And at the same time, businesses can't grow if they don't support employees who want to grow the business. So it's a it's like a catch-22, um, but it's also, to me, like a really specific nuance to how we should view our own careers and our own opportunities within our roles. So if you're not already challenging the status quo and working to streamline or improve your own operations or processes, you should start because there will be technology that can do that for us one day. And if you are not the person that can adopt that technology or adapt to that new technology, that's where I could see this, you know, what the CEO of IBM said, being realistic, that then those jobs will be replaced. So do I think that those 7,800 jobs that IBM is putting on pause is fully a reflection of AI? No, I think there, this is also, you know, potentially a really good strategy for not talking about the economic challenges that we're all faced with today, um, especially in the U.S., but just globally speaking. Um, I think, again, I, I think that it could be both, but I, I would be very uh, surprised if all of those jobs were on pause just because of technology, just because of AI. However, IBM does know AI probably like better than most because they were the ones that created Watson. If you watch Jeopardy or you're a fan, you know that uh, Watson was a contestant and Watson is a computer. And, um, you know, that that was our first kind of like, not iteration, but um, interpersonal experience with AI in the modern world, at least to my knowledge. That was the first thing that at least I could remember about AI. So maybe IBM is onto something. Maybe we need to look out for this. But in the meantime, I will share the Bloomberg article so you can read it for yourself and make your own conclusion and deduction. 
Um, and then also, I really hope that you kind of walk away from this episode thinking differently about your own role. If you are specialized, maybe you're like in the clear, but at the same time, I'd be remiss not to say that if we all are not kind of focused on being part of the solution, challenging the status quo, improving our processes and operations, we are going to meet that blockbuster effect. So that goes for individuals and companies. And honestly, that's kind of like the story of interpersonal or personal growth, right? Like the more we live a life uh, of constant learning and changing, or so we should. And so if we are constantly learning and constantly changing, then that means that we're constantly adopting and adapting to newness. So take that with you in your work lives. Don't be afraid of AI. Um, But also for those of you who are in HR, which is most of you, think about this, you know, or keep this in mind that we might need to start looking at policies for AI. It'll be really interesting. I know that um, there was a coalition, I think, that went to the White House recently to talk about AI um, and how the government and businesses kind of have to play a role in creating some boundaries and parameters around what and how AI is used. So stay tuned. But, you know, I'm sure we will see certain states talking about AI or, you know, kind of putting in some place for businesses potentially too, because we, uh, governments can't see hundreds of thousands of or millions of people all of a sudden having their jobs replaced by computers because that obviously would be a huge economic issue also. So I think this will be a continuation um, with discussions from the government, from business leaders, from businesses, period. Um, And then, of course, for us in HR, we have to really be on top of what those conversations and what the deductions um, from those conversations look like so that we're prepared to help create some guidelines there. So With that, I leave you with a lot to think about. Let me know either by email. You can email me at contact at hrtracy.com. You can DM me on Instagram at hrtracy. Or, you know, of course, you can leave comments, rate, review, um, go to my website. You can fill out a a submission form, whatever you want to do to reach out to me and let me know what you think about this episode. Please feel free. Um, And let me know if you have an opinion one way or another I will try and maybe I'll make a poll on Spotify if you listen on Spotify so that we can, uh, you know, get some interesting content uh, to continue to talk about this topic. I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that we talk about it. But um, again, feel free to reach out. Let me know your thoughts. And thank you so much for being here for another week. Next week, we have a guest episode and I'm sure you're going to love her. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you get the alerts for when each episode drops every Tuesday. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Hey, just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are the first to hear when an episode drops each week. And maybe leave a five-star review and a comment about how much you loved this episode. Plus, if you have someone in mind who would really enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with them. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.